In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you joined us here today. And we have an excellent guest today talking about one of the big trends that we are looking at for 2023, but it just happened in coincidence because Dr. Michael Rosian has also written a book on this topic, and I'm guessing he's been working on that longer than we decided that this was a trend, (laughs) because this has been a trend for a while, looking at longevity of life and longevity of career that people are living and working longer than ever and how are we as career services providers going to serve them and then how do we as individuals manage our career throughout an an elongated lifespan so i'm excited that you're here thank you for joining us i'm excited to be here thank you for letting me join you and because it's my passion is to help people live uh, longer and younger and so you're uh, helping me live my passion So you are Emeritus Chief Wellness Officer at the Cleveland Clinic, and you've been doing some research, you've written some books, and I see that you've 190 peer-reviewed scientific articles. So we're in good good company uh, with this topic because this has been something you've been looking at for a while. Um, It started, believe it or not, in 1978, and uh, as you probably know, I have four number one New York Times bestsellers all on the subject and so uh but starting in 1998 we said that uh, 60 could be the new 40 that's come to pass i now believe with at least an 80 percent probability that 90 will be the new 40 within 10 years and it's not just slowing aging but you'll be rebooted back to a younger age so figure that your career, instead of being a 25 to 65, 40-year time period, it'll be 25 to 90 or so, um, which is, if you will, a 65-year. So you're going to extend your, you're going to get to extend, if you want to, your productive life by at least 35%. Wow. And so it opens up all of this opportunity, but I know that you've been doing um, some work on this in terms of how people are living longer, how they're elongating their life, and then also about the impact that that, that will have on the workplace and careers. Um, so let's start just by talking about some of the advances and and trends that you're seeing in terms of people living longer and younger. I love that. We're living younger. Uh, what's causing that? What What has changed? Um, it really, uh, the, the major exponential advance started with the Human Genome Project. But let me go back because we have a lot of data all the way dating from the 1930s and the Whitehall studies in Great Britain and the Alameda County studies in the United States Um, But even before that, from 1890 to the present, life expectancy for both men and women, women always live about three years longer than men, has been extended by about two and a half years every 10 years. Even pandemics like uh, 1917 uh, flu um, that went around the world didn't change that. It decreased life expectancy the way it's calculated at birth um, by about uh, 12 years in that two-year period, but it bounced back quickly as we expect it to now. And, um, but in addition to extending by two and a half years every 10 years, we think because of the 14 areas of research into the mechanism of aging that have all advanced beyond two animal species, that we're likely to get a 30-year exponential jump in life expectancy in the next 10 years with an 80% probability. So what do I mean by that? Well, we can take 107-week-old mice that are equivalent of about 100-year-old humans and reboot them back to 40-week-old mice. Uh, 
we can take um, sheep that have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and are about to die and reverse that totally. We can take people who have um, now have end-stage heart failure and genetically engineer out the protein that's causing that. And instead of having six-month life expectancy, give them 18-year life expectancy. So all of these 14 areas are now moving into human trials, and we're about to get that. And, and if you're going to live to 115, and I don't know how old you are, Marie, but it looks to me like you're going to have 115-year life expectancy if one of these breaks through, then you're not going to want to retire at 65 and do nothing for 50 years which means we're going to have a lot more human capital. We've been worried about human capital because there haven't been enough babies born, but we're now likely to get human capital that is even more productive at the end of life with less money needed to train them at the beginning of life. And uh, children are really quite expensive, if you will. So by training them at the end of life, you're going to get um, able to afford the social problem programs that most of us care about. Excuse me, I thought it was off. It is off. The human capital that most of us care about so that um, we can actually have people work longer and smarter and have enough productivity to support the social programs the in the United States, Medicare and Social Security that we worry about running out of money won't run out of money if this comes as we expect it will. Well, that's so fascinating. So you talk about in the book some ways, some decisions that people can make for their brain and their body. Tell us just a few of those. What are what are well, some of the things that we should be doing? Well, there are 33 choices you can do for your brain to either keep it young or help reverse it to be younger. Let me give you a couple examples. Physical activity, everyone knows physical activity is good for your heart and cardiovascular system. But what we learned in the Human Genome Project is it changes which of your genes are on or not. That is, we expected to find uh, 300,000 genes when both Ventner's private and the uh, program um, from Collins at NIH started on the human genome. But they only found 22,500 genes. What they think the rest were? They thought it was junk DNA. But after eight years, it was found it was really epigenes, switches that control which of your genes are on or not. And when you do physical activity or when you do stress management or when you choose which food you eat or when you do uh, stupid things like smoking or vaping or when you do um, good things for your brain or when you take the right supplements and avoid the wrong ones, what you're doing is changing which of the genes are on. So when you do physical activity and stress a muscle, you actually turn on a gene that makes a small protein arisen. That arisen goes to your brain and increases brain-derived neurotrophic growth factor, which causes your hippocampus to get bigger. And that means you're less likely to develop memory problems or dementia as you get older. So what we say is add speed to your exercise, add speed to your games. So memory games, crossword puzzles, that thing, maybe a little bit of help. But speed of processing games, a lot of help. We don't know why the difference, but speed of processing games gets your brain to grow and gets your acetylcholine to increase. So both speed in your exercise, speed in your processing games are good at decreasing your risk for developing dementia in the studies. And so the, my major point is what you do matters. And so you are a genetic engineer, whether you know it or not, better than any from Caltech or MIT for you. And that means that speed of processing, speed of 
exercise are important and you get to change which of your genes are on or not. So my first tip is you are a genetic engineer. What you do matters. And then the second one is add speed of processing and um, speed in your exercise. Now, the third would be in food choices. There There are a whole bunch of food choices that make a difference to brain wellness shown in at least two studies in humans as well, such as having a tablespoon or a half tablespoon actually is all you need of extra virgin olive oil a day. Well, that's I'm so empowering, right? That there are things we can do to make a difference in our in our world. And I'd heard the exercise one before. Uh, I think that might have came from you know other brain research. But it's good to know that those things are out there. And as you said, 33 of them in your book. I'm guessing that we can do at least a few of those. Um, when I started in this work, it was around 2008, 2010. And people were talking about the blue wave, right? There's going to be this huge wave of people retiring and that we needed to be able to do something about that. So we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about how it applies in your career. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how this increased longevity of life is going to impact careers and the work that we do. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. So welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we're talking with Dr. Roizen about how you can take control of your longevity. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what that might mean for your career. So first you were telling us that there are some practical steps that we can take, but you've also talked a little bit about some medical advances that are coming and a certain percentage of certainty that we can guess that, that the lifespan is going to be expanded. Talk to me a little bit more about the medical advances here. Well, let me give you an example of how, um, some things are advancing. So at the Gladstone in San Francisco, they looked at every drug approved by the FDA that was generic. I think there are 1,523 of them as of when they did the study. And um, they looked at the ApoE4 gene. Now, the ApoE4 
increases the risk of dementia. So at age 90, the risk of dementia is about 20% in America, um, a lower if you are less obese, lower um, if you do healthier lifestyle choices in what I call the six pillars of that great age reboot in preparing for it. So if you do those six, maybe it's a little lower and maybe it's 12 or 13%. But it increases threefold if you have one APOE4 gene. So at Gladstone, they looked at what can negate that effect in a um, using AI. And they found in the cellular model they use that a 70% reduction came from a $4 a month water pill called Bumax or Bumetamide. They then looked at a 12 million patient database they had at San Francisco and found that it reduced its 70%, I think compared in, in that database, compared to people who were on different um, diuretics or water pills. So that's now undergoing a randomized trial. At the Cleveland Clinic, they did the same thing but looked at protein attachment of tau and amyloid and found that Viagra compared to other erectile dysfunction and pulmonary hypotension drugs, that is it's used for treating pulmonary hypertension in women, erectile dysfunction in men, and they found a 69% blockade of the attachment. And so they're looking at that, and in a 15 million person database, there was a 69% for men, about a 43% for women. It's a lower dose is used for women than men, but it was dose-related. So then, now they're doing that in a randomized prospective trial, both drugs in a randomized, but both are generic. That's the way we're using artificial intelligence of cellular systems, looking at the modeling of proteins, and then looking at these large patient databases to get studies. And now, in fact, I understand both drugs are being used in a randomized study. Let me give you another one. Um, in the AMBAR studies, A-M-B-A-R, randomized controlled studies looking, it started in Spain, two centers in Spain, two in Chile, University of Pittsburgh, and Cleveland Clinic in the United States. They looked at therapeutic plasma exchange. Where did this come from? It came from the study in animals where the convoys looked at young blood from rats into older rats, and the older rats became younger, the younger rats became older. So for the 50 years, or 55 years, but first 50 years since that came out, everyone was looking, what is it in young blood that makes the old rats younger? It turns out it was the old blood that is misfolded proteins. Same thing as happens with amyloid and tau, same thing as happens in heart failure, same thing that um, the Gladstone and Cleveland Clinic looked at and the other, but getting rid of those old proteins through therapeutic plasma exchange was the hypothesis that the AMBAR studies started with. And by giving uh, a therapeutic essentially donating a unit of blood, getting the red cells back but washed, and getting rid of the old plasma and getting saline in its place, something we pay young people to do, graduate students do it to earn extra money all the time, once a week for five weeks and then once a month for four months, um, the, over those nine donations, ten months later, it reversed the measures of cognitive dysfunction that these people with early Alzheimer's disease had. And that's now undergoing a 3,000-person study. The FDA has, I understand, said to the company that they will give therapeutic approval for this if the second study comes out any place near what the first study did. 3,000 patients, 100 sites is now, I think, in process under uh, recruiting patients. So we're seeing some things that are very inexpensive um, that change this. Gene editing. Imagine if you could edit out that E4 gene and replace it with just one amino acid different, an E2 gene, and 
um, and one base pair different, sorry, just one base pair different and replace it with an E2, instead of having a threefold increase, you have a 50% decrease in that risk at age 90. So tremendous changes relating to the gene editing and protein uh, stability that are undergoing, and there are 14 areas. With 14 shots on goal, as we would say, without a defenseman there, one of those is likely to get by even the best of goalies. And all of these has been shown in at least two animal species. Let me give you another one. Um, Mother fat goes into brown fat and white fat. Well, when you're young, you have brown fat. Brown fat keeps you warm. It's around the heart and around the organs to keep you warm when your mom can't swaddle you. Um, So you with your son probably couldn't be with him full time. um, So he needed some of his own brown fat to keep warm. But brown fat comes from mother fat and mother fat in us older people goes to white fat. Well, what if you could take our white fat, regress it to mother fat or what we call pluripotent fat, and then turn it into brown fat? You reverse obesity, and you'd say, well, I shouldn't invest in Weight Watchers. I should invest in Haagen-Dazs then. So, in fact, um, there are all kinds of implications for this. But, in fact, this has occurred in two animal species. And now in sheep, the third animal species, you say, why'd they do it in sheep? Because sheep can't stop eating either. And sheep get non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which um, leads them to not produce as much wool and not have as long a lifespan, just like in humans. But they're able to reverse that. That's what the scientists at Clemsa did. Um, and you say, why did Clemson? Because apparently it's, it relates to agricultural studies they're doing. So these are tremendous things that are being done in different areas, which can reverse the development of chronic disease. We still have problems with people not doing things to prepare for it. We still have problems with, if you will, uh, some of us doing stupid things like smoking and vaping and driving and texting while we're driving, etc. But if you eliminate those stupid things, you really get a much longer life expectancy in the animal models. And as I said, these 14 areas are all moving into human testing. Well, that's fascinating. Well, and I, just so many opportunities um, to increase not just the lifespan, but also the life quality. So you talked about six pillars. Tell me about the six pillars. Well, the six pillars to prepare for of the Great Age Reboot, you can, if you go to greatagereboot.com, we have a, uh, a free trial on the, on the app that teaches you the six pillars called Reboot Your Age. But the six pillars are stress management, most important posse and passion, um, food choices, portion size, and time of eating. And the basic rule is you only should do things you love, eat things you love that love you back. So you wouldn't marry someone who is trying to kill you every day. You shouldn't eat food that's trying to kill you every day. So this is actually sunshine, not castor oil. You want to choose things you love that love you back. I love salmon. I love avocados. They love your body back. Third is physical activity. There are four components of it. The fourth is um, unforced errors. That is doing what I call stupid things like texting while driving. Uh, The fifth is um, sleep and brain health. And the sixth pillar is uh, supplements and small molecules that have been shown in repeated studies uh, in humans to make a difference to how long and well you live. So all of these things are to help you slow the rate of aging and the medical advances in those 14 fields actually take it as you slowed it from being 40 at age 60 to being to reversing those 30 years so you can be 40 at age 90. Oh, that, that, I don't know if that's, I don't, you know, <laughs> is that good? Is that bad? I guess we do. Oh, we got to figure it, out what we're going to do. I mean, yeah. just, you're, I don't know, Marie, if you're even 40 yet, 
Um, but if you're 40, just imagine you're staying 40 for the next 50 years and having all the joy, the productivity, the health, um, the vigor you have now. And you could get to play with your great grandkids rather than just playing to your grandkids. Yes. Well, and I think that's what this means, right? We've got to plan better to live longer, to be healthier, to be active. And as as you were saying earlier, also to be able to work and keep ourselves busy and em- employed, not in the, you know, the typical sense, but employed doing something that engages our brain and, and our heart, as well as perhaps adds to the financial piece of that. So we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, talk a little bit about the financial and the career piece and, and your work and, and the work that you're seeing. What does that mean? And, and how can we help people be ready for that part of it? Because, you know, I think a lot of people still had in their in their mind that they would be done working at 60 or done working at 65. And it's a little bit of a mindset shift to think about, well, what do you want to do after that? Because the whole idea of retirement has shifted. So we'll take a short break and be back in just a few minutes. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Tune in each week for The Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we were talking about increasing your life longevity and what does that mean for you? How do you do that? How can you prepare for these medical advances that are coming to make sure you're healthy and and ready for that to live a long, happy life? And then what does that mean for your career? So, Dr. Roizen, we've talked a little bit about what people can do and the medical advances that are coming. In your work and, and as you're talking to people about this, What does it mean for people financially, and what does that mean for people's careers? What are you hearing? Yeah, so this, I'm a physician, so I gathered other people. In fact, the book started because I play ping pong every Saturday with someone who is the CEO of a large uh, building company. They built, for example, Barclays Place. They redeveloped Stapleton. They did the Navy Yard in Washington, D.C., and the Guggenheim, etc., and um, he's, he was chair and chairman and co-president and co-chair of the board for 25 years of Forest City. Um, and um, what he, he's 94 now and still working full time, still advising a whole bunch of people. And 
he really would trash talk me in front of our ping pong games. He's very competitive. He went to um, college on a basketball scholarship at the end of uh, World War II. And so he was saying, uh, he would trash talk me to get me to think about medicine, say, what's happening in, in longevity? And I would tell him, and he said, you know, if that's happening, we're going to change the entire working environment. And it's going to be that we're going to have to change education. But it also means that if the compounding effect must have a effect on society as well as economics, because if people are going to work till they're 80 or 90, they're not going to move out of their homes into retirement uh, communities as quickly. And so that means we're going to change what home building is and what real estate is. And so let's get an economist to help us. So Peter Linneman, who's emeritus professor at the Wharton School, who I think is 72 or 73 now, all three of us are over the age of 70 and still working now. Um, and uh, so it, it, a lot of the ideas are not mine. So if you will, I'm, I'm giving you some others. So he said the model is that just like compounding helps health, let me give you the specific example. If you start taking a statin when you're 40 and lower your LDL from, say, 150 to 70, you're reducing your risk um, for the first 10 years at maybe 25%. But by 40 years, you've reduced your risk by about 90%. So there's a compounding to your starting early with health benefits. And what he said is there's a compounding with savings. So if you do what Australia, Singapore, and Denmark have done and forced you to save 3% of your income starting at age 25, and if it's even a $15 per hour income, by age 65, you end up with about uh, $265,000. But by age 95, you end up with $1.4 million. And if you have a company that matches it, you have 2.8 million. So he said, if we do this right in the United States, if we get the policy changes right and get people to do what they force in addition to Social Security and Medicare and those, in those the equivalents in those countries, a volunteer saving program that you is not really volunteer, you force them to save and gain 4% per year, radically do away with wealth inequality and you make that period when you really retire a period of that that is much more um, rich from a standpoint of able to afford things than we have now. It'll never be as good as we want, but it'll be much better than you can even imagine um, now. And so the the key point is the compounding effect for wealth is the same as for health, and you'll be much healthier and able to enjoy it as well. So, and, and we've already seen a increase uh, workforce participation rate of those over 65, some because they want to work, some because of the social connections, some because they have to work, but that's the group and women who are educated, uh, Marie, and I'm, I'm assuming you're in this group, women who are educated are the most increase in participation rate so far in America, at least. But we think this, this has tremendous societal benefits. Because of the, I mean, just imagine if you have 124 million people working 20 extra years because they're going to live 30 extra years in health, that that's a that that generates 50% increase in GDP for everyone, including for the tax revenue, both on the government and local side and Medicare and Social Security. So those trust funds, which are due to run out of money in the early 30s, or maybe sooner, depending on what happens, will last much longer. And we won't have to worry about the pensions running out of money assuming we do it right, assuming that we are willing to work longer instead of doing nothing and other than, uh, if you will, streaming uh, 
um, music and uh, videos if we're willing to work longer. And most are, because um, as I said, if you're going to live to 115, you're not going to want to do nothing for 50 years if you retire at age 65. Yeah, and you brought up some of the other countries that are doing things. And a couple of years ago, this was one of our research topics. And I was reading about, I think it was Japan and Singapore and some of those countries that have had workforce troubles for, for years, um, that they've been doing some things, some policies to try to get older workers back into the workforce. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any of that comes to pass here in the U.S. as well. Well, so I, I think it both getting workers to stay in the workforce is more likely. I mean, it, it's much harder to um, come back in if you've been out. And the worry about retiring, I mean, it's one of the reasons um, most of my friends in medicine have not retired, even though they're capable of it financially, is because... Um, they see, if you will, those of us in the longevity field or even in the um, related fields looking at what's happening to people say, heck, I'm going to live too long. I really want to work at least work 50% time so that uh, I can stay productive and keep my passion. Many people have the passion of, I mean, most of us in medicine have the passion for helping other people. And although the, the burnout from the electronic medical record and, and the um, technology changes hurts people, and if, when, if you get an organization that helps you with that, it's really, uh, you can still be very productive. And so a lot of people have, have gone to working, if you will, 50% time to make sure they stay active. Right. Yeah. And, and it, I don't know, there's, I've heard some things, research on longevity that people that stay working, you know, live longer. Is that a thing that you stay engaged and you, is there yeah, research around and, that? Yeah. We don't know why that is. Meaning, is it just because you're intellectually more capable that you stay worker and it's an, you stay working and it's an association, you're healthier and you stay it or whether it's because Working gives you social connections, gives you more purpose in life, um, lets you be more active intellectually. Um, we don't know why that is, but there's a strong association between continuing to work and staying healthier longer. Um, right. Well, so as people are living longer, they're working longer, and as you said, we can we can save and we can have that money at the end of, of our lifespan. Um, you know, it just it it creates also the bigger generational workforces, and it's I don't know, it's exciting, right? Because you can have diversity in all of the ways of diversity, but that age piece comes in there. Um, any other things that you would add on the longevity side, your, maybe your last few tips for people if they're thinking well, about this topic? Yeah, so one is remember what you do matters. You are a genetic engineer. Two is add speed to both um, intellectual and physical activity. Three is only eat food that you love and that loves you back. Um, four would be, uh, if you will, um, remember to um, foster a posse and a purpose. Your posse and purpose stress is the greatest age of all, and your posse and purpose uh, mean a lot. And the, the last one is, uh, if you will, don't do stupid things. Um, so... Um, the, the, the thing that limits us, um, is in fact, um, accidents and disabilities from things that shouldn't happen. So whether it is vaping or whether it is texting while driving, it is, or whether it is, you know, there, there, um, 
there is some excitement in going up in space or in doing a uh, dive from 80 feet, um, but you want to make sure you're trained to do that before you do it so that an accident doesn't uh, shorten your um, healthy lifespan. <laughs> that's that's true. We can make some decisions every day and then we can make some decisions to be smart with our life. Well, thank you so much for sharing. What's the title of the book again and how can people find it? Uh, the book is everywhere, independent bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. And it is The Great Age Reboot. If you go to greatagereboot.com, there's an accompanying app that keeps up to date. So science is progressing um, and we keep it up to date. And there's a wonderful library at Reboot Your Age, but it's greatagereboot.com. And there's a free uh, trial for Reboot Your Age. And you can look at the library, which has over 200 um, what we call reboot, recap, and uh, reviews. Uh, so they review everything from uh, supplements to, uh, if you will, when should you filter drinking water um, and where should you live from an air pollution standpoint or a uh, standpoint of, of um, everything that, we, that we've been asked. And you can ask us questions um, so we can expand our library by researching them. Ah, that's so exciting. So the Great Reboot and the Age Reboot. Great age. age Reboot. Great Age Reboot and an opportunity then to also engage. That That's very fun. Well, I'm going to go on and get the app and, and see what kinds of questions people have been asking. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marie. So we'll take a short break here. We'll be back and kind of tie a bow around this for you and uh, say goodbye. And thank you to Dr. Roizen. Thank you so much. Marie, thank you so much. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. So welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking with Dr. Michael Roizen about how you can take control of your longevity and also about how some scientific advancements are creating an opportunity for us to live longer and longer. And as he said, kind of take this two years of expectancy that's been added every 10 years, have an exponential addition of 30 years to our lifespan here in the next 20 years or so. 
And if we want to do that, of course, we want to live healthy so that we can be healthy with that expanded lifespan and also think about what we want to do with our career. Uh, you know, no matter what age you are, if you're thinking about adding 30 more years to your career, you want to have a lot of opportunity to do many other careers. So I was talking to somebody about this today that we're going to be changing jobs about every two to four years, but you're going to be changing careers every seven to 10 years. So if you're looking at adding three more careers to your life, what could that be for you? And sometimes that can be a little overwhelming. And so we don't need to think about the whole thing, but we can think about what that path or pattern might look like. What are those things that we enjoy to doing now? And then what might they lead us to next? Or if there's something that we really would love to do, but it's a few steps away, look, now you've got more than enough time to make that happen. Also, the interesting ideas of our finances and saving and what, what will that look like as well as how do you want to keep working? How do you work yourself into a type of job where you could work 50% time or you could work remote? Um, I was also talking to someone earlier today about new technologies. Well, actually last week. So we heard Evan talking last week about these new technologies that big you know, employer groups, big employment agencies are enabling companies to hire from all over the globe. And you you may in the near future be able to work from any company anywhere. Right now, that's not really the reality people think it is, but it may become that way shortly. And then you would have the opportunity to travel, to work, to be, to live wherever you wanted to live and to still be able to have a passionate employment meaningful work engaging that you're doing. Now, I think that we may not always get paid for that, depending on our situation and, and what we you know may need to do. Um, you know, I, I look at my mom, who was a teacher for many years and, and learned to live on very little. And so the pension that she gets is, is enough for her to not work. But she's engaged in some local volunteer activities that are very meaningful, that have a structure and a purpose and give that same kind of opportunity to have social connections, something important that Dr. Rosen was talking about, as well as that using your skills, using your brain, using your intellect. Just want to talk about a few of the other items that he mentioned. I've always been a big fan of exercise. Actually, my undergraduate research thesis was on the impact of exercise on our mental functions. And the research is there, right? That the exercise improves that, that mental function. As he was talking about, it also turns on and off some genes that improve your ability to be resilient and, and to not get Alzheimer's or have less chance of getting Alzheimer's. So exercise, interesting that he talked about adding speed and adding speed to your exercise. So I had in the past kind of been a low, a long, slow runner. Um, and it had some people say to me that I needed to change that up. And so now I've got a high intensity workout that I do. And it's nice to know that that's good for my brain as well as for my body. And then also that speed in your mental game. So if you're doing, you know, the mental exercises, crosswords, et cetera, that adding some speed test to those um, helps improve your brain function. And this idea that we do have an opportunity to really have a better quality of life and that, that the 14 advances in science that he's talking about that are going to come alongside and make that even more available, I guess, for hopefully everyone um, get a little bit concerned when I hear about some of those things that it's going to be only certain types of people that can afford that. But hopefully we can figure out a way even in the U.S. to make those available to everyone as those advances come around. And of course, save in medical costs when you have less people that are needing that long term type of care, um, especially Alzheimer's care being very expensive, as well as, uh, of course, struggling for the individual and their family. So um, my grandparents have had Alzheimer's, great grandparents have had Alzheimer's. So I'm excited about those advances and what they might mean for my mother and, and those of us in, in that generation and my generation to not perhaps have to suffer some of that same um, fate, if you will. So having the, uh, just to pay attention, what's going on medically, 
Um, it's not an area that I necessarily pay that much attention to, but as he's talking, it's like, I need to pay attention to this because as those things are happening, again, you want to be having the best quality of life to be able to do that. And you really want to have the best quality career to be able to do that. And what does that look like managing your career? Of course, knowing what you like to do, staying connected to how that shifts because it doesn't stay the same. Although, you know, we do keep some of the same themes, keeping that network together that is going to help you move from thing to thing and continuing learning, continuing education in all the ways that you can do that, right? That doesn't have to mean a degree. In fact, today, it's likely not going to mean a degree, but what do you need to know to be relevant, to be you know, able to do what you want to do, to be in control, if you will, uh, be mobile when you want to make that next career change. And if we're not looking forward and really paying attention to those career advances, just like he was talking about the medical advances, we can find ourselves stuck in our career or maybe in a place where we aren't valued and our, our skill set's not quite up to date. And so we don't have those opportunities that we would like. One of the things I love about this conversation and when we talk about careers is that ageism will eventually not be a thing, right? You're going to have people in the workforce by large numbers who are over the 45 or 50 is when ageism starts. And so we can hopefully get to a place where that is less of an issue for these older workers that are wanting to stay in the workforce for us older workers, <laughs> almost part of that conversation. But when we think about your career and your medical, your physical longevity, both require the same looking forward, understanding what the opportunities are, and then managing your day-to-day -day career and physical health so that you can take advantage of these longevity advances that are coming. And there's going to be work to do. There's going to be jobs to be had, um, businesses to start. So what are you going to do with your skills and with your passion to evolve it as the working world evolves? How is it going to grow and how are you going to nurture that just like you're nurturing your physical health every day? And that's an, an, you know, a challenge to us all is to consider how we will nurture our career just as we need to nurture our health. And he, uh, Dr. Rosen was talking about eating food that you love, that loves you back. So find a career that you love that can love you back. And when you do that, then you can have that longevity in both arenas. We enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to hear from you what you enjoyed. And if there's other topics that you think we can cover this over this next year, as you know, we released our 23 trends last week. And so we look forward to talking more about those and the topics that are of interest to you. You can reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we will see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.